Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you're well. I love asking you, how are you doing? I know you can a- cannot answer me. And some of you are going to say, I am doing great. And others of you are going to say, oh, you should only know. <laughs> but our Lord is still in control. Yes, he is. And nothing ever happens. Nothing happens to you. Not the devil uh, himself that God does not permit just as he permitted the devil to tempt the Apostle Paul. It's, he works all things for good, and Paul learned through that that when he was weak of himself, then he is strong in Christ. So what I want to do today um, quickly is, um, because we'll, we'll, uh, this actually begins today, and a number of you, I think, will be aware of this, but... Um, it was reported in the September 12th edition of the National Catholic Register, but it's all over the website now, and it is Cardinal Burke and Bishop um, uh, Athanasius Snyder who have put together and announced a crusade of prayer and fasting for 40 days prior to the Amazon Synod, and that begins today, September 17th. So I would like to read the introduction uh, to it and uh, then urge you uh, to look it up on the Internet because I won't have time um, to um, read the whole document to you. But there are six um, grave errors that Cardinal Burke and Bishop Snyder have pointed out in this document. And... Um, and they, they've asked everyone worldwide to fast at least once a week and to pray every day between now and the Amazon Synod in October. And Edward Penton, who is um, just a tremendous, outstanding, if not the most outstanding um, correspondent, uh, the Rome correspondent for the National Catholic Register, wrote this. He says, Cardinal Raymond Burke and Bishop Athanasius Snyder have issued an eight-page declaration warning against six serious theological errors and heresies they say are contained in the Amazonian Synod working document and calling for prayer and fasting to prevent them being approved. Beloved, wars have been fought in the past, um, by the rosary, by the faithful praying, uh, when the faithful have saved the church. It's, we have that uh, very urgent uh, opportunity at the moment. The church needs to be saved. Yes, our Lord will not abandon it. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. But if what they are proposing for the Amazon Synod is approved, um, as even bishops have said, the church will never be the same. It will be, if for the eyes of the world, it will not be. It will no longer be the church. 
Um, and so Cardinal Burke, Edward Penton says, Cardinal Burke, patron of the Sovereign Order of Malta, and Bishop Snyder, Auxiliary of Astana, Kakistan, have also published the appeal to Pro Francis. Um, uh, they published the appeal so Pope Francis may confirm his brethren, as the scriptures say, confirm his brethren in the faith by an unambiguous rejection of the errors in the working document. Pope Francis has said that he welcomes um, dialogue. He welcomes even schism. That's a just an unimaginable thing for him to have said. Uh, he said it on his last plane flight. It's public all over the place. Um, and he appreciates correction um, because he gives him a chance to dialogue. But the fact is, no matter who, the dubia cardinals, Bishop Snyder, uh, Cardinal Burke, and um, a few thousand others who have written to the Pope have never to this day received an answer, let alone dialogue. So um, this is a very serious matter, beloved, and we're not counting on the Holy Father to respond to anything, uh, simply to go ahead with his agenda. But God is in control, and through our prayers, he can turn it around. We've been praying for that here in our community, the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope. For a long time, we've actually been praying that the synod would be canceled, and that uh, that's number one. And secondly, um, whatever her- heretical proposals are uh, brought out, that nothing would be approved. Edward Penton says they propose that clergy and laity uh, pray. This is Cardinal Burke and Bishop Snyder propose that clergy and laity pray daily at least one decade of the Holy Rosary and to fast once a week uh, for such intention over a 40-day period from September 17th to October 26th, which is the end of the Synod. I believe it begins October 3rd or 6th. So the 26th is the end of the Synod. And we'll be praying from now 40 days um, right to the end. And 40 days is a rather biblical figure. Our Lord's temptation in the wilderness, Israel's um, um, going in circles in the wilderness for 40 years, um, the 40 years of Solomon, 40 years of, of uh, Saul, 40 years of David, um, many, many, 40 is God's number, he does, in 40-day in cycles. So this is biblical, and we have an opportunity to, to uh, revert or, or uh, stop um, a tremendous evil, I'll just say it clearly, that's being put upon the church. The working document called an uh, an instrumentum laboris, that's a working instrument, working doctrine, is meant to guide discussions during the upcoming October 6th, there it is, October 6th to 27th, Synod of Bishops, whose theme is Amazonia, new paths for the church and for an integral equality. And the Holy Father, beloved, I read an article yesterday. He has two goals for this. One, to create, this is, this is 
nothing of this is from heaven or God, to create a new humanism, a global pact. It is, it is demonic. And then the second focus is climate change. This is just too awful for words. One particularly, oh, let me go on with this. Hold on a minute now. But the text has received some trenchant criticism since it was published, this Instrumentum Laboris. The text has received some trenchant criticism since it was published in June, this June, from various prelates and lay commentary commentators, as well as lay institutions. Most notably, they include Cardinal Walter Brandmuller, President Emeritus, of the Pontifical Committee for Historical Sciences and Cardinal Gerhard Mueller, Prefect of the Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith. Um, at least he was that. The Pope has uh, not continued him in that position. One particularly contentious area concerns the subject of priestly celibacy. In their declaration, Cardinal Burke and Bishop Snyder asked what the Pope, um, excuse me, asked that the Pope not approve the abolition of priestly celibacy in the Latin Church through the ordination of married men of proven virtue, the so-called viri probati. The working document proposes discussion of such a measure to help to help bring the Eucharist to the faithful in remote Amazon areas that are without a priest. Critics are concerned about such an innovation, in particular that it could undermine mandatory priestly celibacy universally by being laterally applied to all areas suffering from a shortage of priestly vocations. Beloved, I've mentioned before that um, Bishop Snyder, I don't, in his personal testimony, grew up in a communistic system, and they didn't have a priest for years. Um, and they had a wonderful, holy Catholic mother and um, family who taught them. I don't, I don't remember uh, Bishop Snyder's father's situation, but he, he's often spoken of his mother, and perhaps it was, but it was the whole family. And they learned the faith, and they kept the faith at home. I mentioned that I've been to Vladivostok, Far East Russia. It's a seaport, and it's a, it's a um, we were in the Primorsky region, which is two to three times the size of Texas, and all they have for that is five priests. And the priests that would take care of them would go by bus or car or train or plane to visit different areas to bring them the Eucharist once a month. And when I went, I went by myself with a Russian translator, and we were gone for that five-hour trip. And when the people received us in schools, in homes, they set up the table, and there I was, uh, and the interpreter with me, we weren't a priest. Uh, there was no priest. We couldn't even... We, we brought them the faith, we talked to them, we gave them talks, we were with them, but we couldn't even bring them the Eucharist because there was no priest. And still, the alternative to that is not to make married men, and certainly not women, priests. 
we don't reinvent God's design because of the shortage of priests. That is God's business, not ours, to fill in for God. Um, All right, so we come now to the subtitle, Principal Errors. The American Cardinal um, and Kazakh Bishop write that they believe it is their duty to make the faithful aware of, excuse me, six principal errors being spread through the instrument of laborious. The first, they list, is implicit pantheism, the identification of God with the universe and nature where God and the world are one, which they say is rejected by the magisterium. Implicit pantheism. Secondly, they criticize the notion put forward in the working document that pagan superstitions are sources they resist. Listen to this. They criticize. This is Cardinal Burke and Bishop Snyder. Criticize the notion put forth in the working document of the Amazon Synod that pagan superstitions superstitions are sources of divine revelation and alternative pathways for salvation. This is demonic, beloved. This has nothing to do with the gospel. This implies Amazon tribes have pagan superstitions that are an expression of divine revelation deserving of dialogue and acceptance by the church, they argue at least. Citing church documents, the two prelates state the magisterium rejects such relativation of God's revelation and insists, instead affirms that there is one unique Savior, Jesus Christ, and the church in his unique, is his unique mystical body and bride. Thirdly now, they cite as erroneous the theory contained in the document that aboriginal people have already received divine revelation. They cite that as erroneous, beloved. It's not erroneous. Every one of us, if we look in uh, Romans chapter 1, every one of us has the knowledge of God built within us. And so that Paul wrote to the Romans, we are without excuse for not knowing God. We we, We don't know the specific revelation of the Word of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we do have the divine revelation built in us of the existence of God, our Creator. I think Romans says, for his right from the beginning, his invisible attributes have been clearly seen, being uh, shown through what has been made. We are without excuse. So now, um, here we go. They cite an, as erroneous the theory contained in the document that Aboriginal people have already received divine revelation and that the Catholic Church in the Amazon should undergo a missionary and pastoral conversion. You see, the magisterium uh, rejects such a notion of missionary activity as merely intercultural intercultural enrichment, they argue, that the inculturation is primarily about evangelization that makes the church a more effective instrument of mission. 
Fourthly, they criticized the working document for its they, meaning Cardinal um, Burke and Bishop Snyder. They criticized the working document for its support of tailoring Catholic ordained ministries to the ancestral customs of the aboriginal people, granting official ministries to women and ordaining married leaders of the community as second-class priests, deprived of part of their ministerial powers, but able to perform um, shamantic, from the tribes, shamantic rituals. The magisterium of the church rejects such practices and their implicit opinions. The prelates state and draw on a number of church documents, including Pope St. Paul VI encyclical, Sacerdo, sorry about that, um, Sacerdotalis um, Celibatus, um, and Pope St. John Paul II's Apostolic Letter, Ordinia, Ordinia, I'm sorry, I'm messing up these, uh, Ordinatio uh, Sacerdotalis, to underline their point. Fifthly, forgive me for those mispronunciations. Fifthly, they state that consistent with the document's implicit pantheistic views, the instrumentum laboris relativizes Christian anthropology by considering man a mere link in nature's ecological change, chain and socioeconomic development as an aggression to Mother Earth. The magisterium rejects such beliefs that man does not possess a unique dignity above material creation and the technological progress is bound up with sin, they say, they state. Just a little bit more. Lastly, they warn against what the working document calls an integral ecological conversion, which includes the adaptation, the adoption of the collective social model of Aboriginal tribes, where individual personality and freedom are undermined. Beloved, we may not be catching all these words <coughs> based on my poor pronunciation of the Latin and other, other things. You can go to, online to National Catholic Register of September 12th and read this in full or simply um, look online for um, uh, let me see now, let's see what it's it is a crusade of prayer and fasting to implore God that error and heresy do not pervert the coming special assembly of the Synod of Bishops for the Pan-Amazon. And they will, it's, it's quite a paper, and points out all of the errors. I wish I could read it to you. We, we cannot do that today. Um, so let me see now. Lastly, they warn against what the working document calls an integral ecological conversion, which includes the adoption of the collective social model of aboriginal tribes where individual personality and freedom are un 
undermined. The magisterium, the two signatures say, again, rejects such opinions. And they go on to quote from the compendium of the social doctrine of the church. And then the last subhead here in Edward Penton's article is the manifestation of confusion. Very short. In conclusion, he says, Cardinal Burke and Bishop Snyder say these implicit and explicit errors are an alarming manifestation of the confusion, error, and division which beset the church in our day. They add that no one can say they were not aware of the gravity of the situation and so excuse themselves from making appropriate, taking appropriate action for love of Christ and his church. No one can say that, beloved. The, the Amazon Senate has been planned for so long. The working document has been out a long time. It's all over the news. It's all over the Internet. It's all over the Catholic world. And no one can be excused from, from um, um, uh, no one can say they were not aware of the gravity of the situation. Certainly no one participating in the Amazon Synod. Given such a, tre- a threat, Mr. Penton goes on to say, given such a threat, they call on all members, that's you and I, beloved, all members of the church to pray and fast for her members, for the members of the church, who risk being scandalized, that is, led into confusion, error, and division by the synod text. And it's already happening, beloved. It is already happening. The error and confusion is already becoming widespread before the Amazon even begins. They write that every Catholic, as a true soldier of Christ, is called to safeguard and promote the truths of the faith, lest the synod bishops betray the synod's mission, which is to assist the Pope in the preservation and growth of faith and morals. At least that should be the mission of a synod. This one does appear to have a different mission. And recalling that Blessed John Henry Newman will be canonized during the Synod, they reference two of his writings in which he warned against theological errors similar to the what we've just read in the Instrumentum Laboris. They close, they, the Cardinal and the Bishop, they close by calling on the Blessed Virgin Mary and the intercession of missionary saints to the indigenous American people to protect the synod, bishops, and the Holy Father from the danger of approving doctrinal errors and ambiguity, ambiguities, as that's easy for you to say, ambiguities, and of undermining the apostolic rule of priestly celibacy. Beloved, I know that the subject of women in the priesthood has also come up. This is... Um, this is, uh, how do I say it? We have before us a pending, a grave tragedy. It's a plot to destroy the church. I'm telling you this. 
it is a plot to destroy the church. And if what they propose goes through um, for the uh, watching world, it will do just that. But again, I remember when Pope Benedict XVI, while he was yet Cardinal Ratzinger, wrote in an interview in an interview book that he expected that the church would become a remnant in our day and go underground in our day. That may be the case following this synod, but you know, um, we have Lepanto behind us, we have um, um, uprisings, many of them, even the lives of the Jews who trusted God and gave their lives and reversed evil. And we need to, it's our turn, beloved. We are privileged to be alive in such a time as this, for such a time as this. And if you say, I can't get involved, I have my family to raise, all of that, your family, you and your spouse and your family, parenting is a missionary activity. Your children need to be taught what the faith is so that they have what it is to love, to live for and to die for. There's the music for our break, beloved. Uh, You are welcome to call in today. Call in with anything on your heart, toll-free, or text 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back, beloved. Charles Borromeo said, If we wish to make any progress in the service of God, we must begin every day of our life with new eagerness. By displaying a Catholic radio bumper magnet on your car, your witness each day gives others the opportunity to discover Catholic radio and to be touched by our Lord through listening. Request your free Catholic radio bumper magnets today. Visit thestationofthecross.com and click the Promote tab at the top of our website. That's thestationofthecross.com. Then click the Promote tab. Thank you for supporting Catholic radio and helping to spread the gospel message to everyone else on the the road. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, Love in Truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. Days from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern Time for Sermons for Everyday Living, a program that brings you real sermons from real priests on topics important to you and your faith. Visit thestationofthecross.com for details. 
Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. We have a whole half hour all to ourselves, and um, I'll be able to take your calls, your texts, your emails, and I'll give out that number one more time um, this segment uh, for your calls or your texts. Uh, the number is toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at the station of the cross. Dot com. We have a call on the line from Judy in New York. Hello, Judy. Judy, are you there? Are you there, Judy? Okay, we're going to go to an email right now from Stephanie. Um, and uh, Stephanie writes uh, this um, on Facebook, actually. Mother Miriam... I am writing to you because you are such an inspiration to me. I was so happy to see you doing daily shows, and they bring joy to me when I get a chance to listen. I'm so glad, Stephanie. Thank you. I really feel like you are a spiritual mother to me. I am a wife and mother of five children, four living and one in heaven. My children are young, and being a wife and stay-at-home mom is a full-time effort for me. I imagine that's a full-time vocation for any wife and mother. And Stephanie says, but God has a funny way with me. He continues to put deep desires in my heart. I will envision them, hope for them, and then he will lead me to someone who is already doing it and way better than I ever could. <laughs> I want to... I want so much to teach families to lead holy Catholic lives and even put my arms around the whole world. I always felt so crazy for these desires, but now I wonder if it is a calling to be a prayer warrior. Um, I absolutely love Maccabees. Hold on a second. I just lost my place. I absolutely love Maccabees. Um, one in the first and second Maccabees and the story of the mother and the seven sons is my absolute favorite. Boy, I tell you what, Judy, uh, um, I mean, Stephanie, we, you and I have something in common here. I also want to help families and teach them and put my arms around the world. And first and second Maccabees is my favorite. Um, the Mother and the Seven Sons. When I heard your talk on these, I knew... Well, there you go. When I heard your talk on these, I knew the Holy Spirit led me to you. You certainly are my soul, sister. We have the same Father, and wow, is he good. I cannot join you directly, and I cannot stretch my arms out to the whole world, My o only my little corner of it, but know that I will be praying for you and all your amazing work you are a beautiful spouse of Jesus. Thank you for sharing your service, Stephanie. Well, Stephanie, that's a tremendously beautiful email. And you know, a cloistered nuns who are completely cloistered also desire to put their arms around the world. And theirs is even a greater sacrifice because they put their arms around the world from behind those walls in prayer. So absolutely, 
um, uh, there's no question that God has given you a heart for the world, and that would it should be in prayer, and that should spill over to your children to raise a missionary family for the world. God bless you. Um, I'm just going to ask again if Judy is there now. Are you there, Judy, in New York? Hello? Judy? Okay, we're still going to go to our next email with Chris, um, who writes, Dear Mother, I was born and raised in Poland during the communist rule. I went to public school, and from my experience, it was absolutely crucial for wise parents to undo what the school wanted to put it into our heads. Chris says, I believe my parents did pretty, a pretty good job, and I was made aware relatively early what the socialism slash communism was all about. But at the same time, I've also had plenty of examples of my friends whose parents did not do such a great job undoing the propaganda we heard at schools. As a result, till this day, they vote left, and many of them practically lost their faith. God bless, Chris. Well, Chris, thank you for your email. This is exactly what we've been saying. Perhaps um, in a communistic system, born and raised under communist rule in Poland, Uh, Perhaps your parents had no option to school you at home, and they had to send you to public schools. But at home, they still took their vocation seriously. And that was homeschooling, even though they sent you to public school. I bless God for your parents and for that clear example of parents who take their vocation seriously and those who don't. We have a call on the line from Greg in Georgia. Hi, Greg. Are you there? Ah, yes, Mother Mary. Good, good. Thanks for your call, dear one. Thank you for what you're doing. And do you have a question? I do. Um, I uh, have been doing a little research, and, um, you know, obviously there's not enough time in the data to be the, you know, theological research you need. But I've seen two factual sources that that, that actually... uh, uh, provide the detail, it seems appropriate that this pope, uh, by the San Gallen Mafia and the canon law, was violated, and he was, not only was Benedict's resignation invalid, but also the election of the pope was invalid as well, due to this um, uh, convening of this group that was promoting his uh, uh, papacy. The Sangal Mafia. Anyways, the bottom line would be that if if we could get somebody, the conclave or somebody, to recognize the inherent flaws in the process, that everything that he has done and people he's moved into positions and everything else would be invalidated, and we'd be back to the original uh, conclave that was uh, in effect when Benedict resigned. Well, Greg, um, how, uh, let me just say, we... dear one, let me just say, dear one, that I've read and heard all that you've just said that many people suspect, but um, 
I am not free. I don't think any of us are free to utterly conclude that because the church hasn't concluded it. And I, I have, to, now you may feel you know, but I cannot say that. Uh, there are a lot of mysteries involved here, and I don't know exactly what they are. Greg, I know you have, you were just about to ask a question. Can you hold on till after the break? Yes. Okay, good. We'll be right back, beloved, and you're welcome to call in toll-free at 1-877-511-5483. Text at that number or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. of iCatholic Radio are raving about our app in the iTunes and Google Play stores. One user says, It's exactly what I was looking for since having a closer walk with my Lord and my God. Great app for the living Catholic. Praise God. Nancy says, This is the best app. I have become a regular listener to it. I use it every day. I also play it all night long while we sleep. Get this app and use it. It will change your life for the better. Another user recommends iCatholic Radio, saying, So sweet a sound. This has allowed me to listen to Catholic Radio when I travel. What an awesome learning tool. Thank you. If you haven't reviewed iCatholic Radio yet, what are you waiting for? Visit your iTunes or Google Play store today. Are you having a hard time keeping up with all that's going on these days in the Vatican? Did you know that LifeSite puts out a monthly print news magazine in beautiful full color? Our magazine, Faithful Insight, gives you all the most important coverage from Rome and lets you read it away from the computer, phone, or tablet. It summarizes dozens of new happenings down to the essentials, but provides full analysis on all the most important developments. Faithful Insight brings you the coverage of the Vatican that you know and expect from LifeSite in a different form. It has received high praise from cardinals, bishops, priests, and faithful who want to stay abreast of the most crucial battle in our time, the battle for the soul of the Church. Subscribe today at faithfulinsight.com and may God bless you. Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This will be our last segment. We have about 15 minutes, um, and you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart during this time. The lines are wide open. We have Greg on the phone right now with us. We have other lines open, and the toll-free number to call or text, one 511 5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Greg, dear brother, are you still there? Yes. 
Thank you. Okay, good. All right. And I, I do want to repeat that everything you've said about the, the, the mafia and everything else in the election of Francis and the um, situation with Pope Benedict, um, again, it's, it's been made public in different venues, though, those thoughts, but I, I am not in a position uh, to confirm them because the church has not, so I want to be very careful on this program um, uh, through Station of the Cross and LifeSite News to not not confirm what you said. You could, we could say that it's it, some thoughts have been proposed, but we uh, we cannot agree that it's the case. Would it be problematic for the faithful to be raising the awareness of uh, those? Uh, um uh, situations, yes. I, I wouldn't do that in the way you're doing it, Greg. Uh, you, uh, this is a radio program, so you were summing things up, and you did nothing wrong. But um, to just state things as you have can be very scandalizing to people who don't even know what you're talking about. You see, and just to throw it out and and state it like that is can be to do much more harm than good. So I uh-huh. would say. Um, if you ever wish to pursue it, just don't throw it out there, but uh, write a very responsible, thorough article on it, and then you uh-huh. can you can speak about it. It just gets to the point where you feel this welling up inside that you. I know. Heard this? I well, I want dialogue, but he won't even dialogue with the That's dubia right. or the filio correction. And I said that at the beginning of the program. Yeah. I know it. I know it's a very very difficult situation. You want to scream? <laughs> you do. I know. Yeah. You do. Well, thank you but for what I, you're doing, Mother. Okay, you're welcome, dear Greg. Um, well done. Okay, God bless you. Um, we'll go to an email now uh, from Helen. Helen writes, Dear Mother Miriam, I am new to the Latin Mass and now attend a wonderful FSSP parish. That's the Fraternity of the Society of St. Peter. <clears throat> I am a baptized Catholic and have been married in the church to a non-practicing Catholic for 29 years. My husband states that he is an agnostic. Um, Helen, you need to believe that. He's not Catholic. He's no non-practicing Catholic. He is agnostic, and he has turned from God. We have no children from our union. It has been a difficult journey. My new FSSP parish is bustling with large families, As our parish grows, so does the need for volunteers. However, I am reluctant to offer assistance because I don't want to scandalize, she says, your thoughts. Well, I don't know what the scandal would be that you have in your mind, Helen. I don't know who would be scandalized. I don't know if your husband goes to church with you. I don't know if people know your situation. I don't know what the scandal would be. She continues... Uh, by saying, my husband and I traveled recently to the Holy Land with Roy Showman and Father Brian Austin, who's also with the FSSP. I trust and pray that the Lord will bring about good fruit from that grace-filled experience. God bless and thank you. Helen. Helen, um, I do not suggest that you volunteer with the parish. Your vocation is to get your husband to heaven. Uh, not by nagging, not by complaining, not by sour attitudes, um, not by living in two worlds. You need to enter into his world, not sin, but come alongside him with a heart of love and support 
true interest in him. I don't know how that stands. Uh, his work, your interest in that, his hobbies, you need to bring him into the kingdom. You need to let him know that no one is more important to you than he is. And the reason that no one is more important to you than he is, is because of your love for God. And, and what you know is that your that God's love is for you and for him. So there's nothing more important to you. He's first because God is first. And if he says you can't have two firsts, yes, you can. Uh, it's not God is first in an order. It's that he's the center of all things, like the spoke of a wheel. He's the center. And then if God is the center, the husband of a wife, even before her children, which I realize you don't have, Helen, is always first. I would do everything you could to love your husband. Don't talk about the faith. Just love him. Be with him. Support him. And let him know that you are grateful for the man that he is and that you love him regardless of his faith or decisions. Um, and if you ever seem a little too pushy, it's because you really want to be with him through all eternity and you want him to be in heaven. But it's his free will, of course. So I would not get involved with your church. I would do everything you can to um, keep a beautiful home and really be there as your husband's best friend. God has given you the vocation of getting that man to heaven, and you won't do it by leaving the house and volunteering in the church. We have an email from someone who writes it anonymously and says, Hello, Mother Miriam. I have two sons, Chris, 23, and Anthony, 19. <clears throat> Chris has recently moved back home after graduating college. He left college as a non-practicing Catholic. My fault, she says, and came back a trad rad. I think you mean a rad trad. <laughs> That's a radical traditionalist. The talk from Father Chad Ripiger, um, which was titled Gnosticism Causing Damage to the Traditionalist Movement, describes him to a T. He is very critical of Catholics who do not attend the traditional Latin Mass and those who don't think exactly like him. Well, let me just stop to say to begin with, dear one, um, you should be uh, very, very grateful to God that, you're, that you didn't raise your children Catholic, um, and yet your son left, and the opposite of many children, that he came back from college with a deep, deep faith. He's not handling it well in terms of his exclusivism, but you should be very grateful for that. And then um, she goes on to say, like I mentioned earlier, Chris, Anthony, and I have been non-practicing Catholics. I don't understand why people call themselves Catholics when they're not practicing. They're not. This is completely my fault, she says. Fortunately, when Chris moved back home, he and I started attending the Latin Mass an hour away regularly. Anthony would attend the Latin Mass when he was not working, but would not attend the Novus Ordo Mass close to our home. Every Sunday that Anthony uh, went to the... Every Sunday that Anthony to the Novus Ordo Mass... I'm not sure if, it, if the word's missing, if it meant went to... Um, 
Yes, every Sunday that Anthony went to the Novus Ordo Mass, Chris would be furious and constantly make comments about how bad the Novus Ordo Mass is. Um, Hold on one moment, please. Um, Hold on here. Sorry, I lost something. Here we go. Anthony and his girlfriend, Decatur, um, or Decatur, of four years, are engaged to be married. Decatur and her family are not religious at all. Um, Her mother moved in with her father on their first date. Um, They would be okay with our children living together, but they do not want to be, they do not want to without being married. This makes me very happy. The wedding is September 26th. And of 2020, and Chris will be Anthony's best man. Okay, so, so far, we have one son, Anthony, who is not uh, Catholic or Christian, but he intends to marry his girlfriend and live together once they're married. The other one went from being um, agnostic to a radical traditionalist, excuse me, and criticizes everyone who doesn't believe as he does. Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled for Chris, for his faith, but you need to tell him, as his mother, you do not want him criticizing others. If he's not grateful for the faith God has given him, he needs to keep it to himself. He's not going to win anyone over through his hostility and criticism. You can say to him, when you're in this house, Chris, you're going to have to keep your faith to yourself unless you can find a way to love and be grateful that God has given you that faith. Um, And not put down the Novus Ordo, not do anything in this house. We're not asking for it. We don't want you to. You can do that with your church friends, not in this house. You need to lay down the law when he's home, Mom. She goes on to say, here are the two problems. Decatur's parents do not want a Catholic wedding. They want their uncle, who is a Christian minister, to marry them like he did everyone in their family. They are very adamant about this. Well, it doesn't matter um, what Decatur, it's his decision, it's his wedding. Um, So if he's old enough, if he's over 18 to be married, he's old enough to make this decision apart from his parents. Um, and De- Decatur's parents, I mean, they're not, they're not Catholic. And the wife he's marrying is also not Catholic. So um, they, they shouldn't have a Catholic wedding no matter what because they're not Catholic. Secondly, she says, Chris has said he will not attend their wedding if it is not in a Catholic church. He has said this very, very meanly. He has also said um, that me and the rest of the family or anyone Catholic cannot attend either. He feels he's in control of everyone when it comes to religion because he is so knowledgeable about the Catholic faith. Dear Mom, you say, Chris, I'm, I'm, I, I'm happy for your new faith, and I'm happy for your knowledge about the faith. But Jesus said it's by your love that you will know them. And you are not allowed to remain in this home, Chris, one more day as long as you have one negative thing to say. We are going to that wedding. It's not a Catholic wedding. 
and and you want them to be married in a Catholic church, but they can't be. They're not Catholic. They don't believe it. They're not practicing. They cannot be married in the Catholic church unless they convert. So you're saying it's a must. You're saying it's a must for everyone, and Chris is absolutely wrong. So you tell him, Mom, that you can't force anyone to do anything. Faith is a gift from God. And if he is not able to keep silent and he finds himself the dictator of the house, um, then he needs to leave. But that's very simple. He needs to leave. And uh, the mother says, Anthony and Decatur, Decatur are devastated. They are adults and should be able to make their own decisions. Well, they can. Don't let Chris rule the home. They're adults. No one needs to follow what Chris says. If they're devastated, uh, they may be devastated at the way he's turning out in his faith, which is awful. But let them go where they want to go. Don't let Chris dictate to anyone. Just put him out of the house. And everyone needs to do what they want to do. They say they will for sure be doing the Catholic marriage prep classes. And I believe they will eventually get married in the church. Why would they do the Catholic math the Catholic prep classes, if they're not being married in the church, they're not Catholic, they don't have the faith, I can, why would they practice, they're going to practice the Catholic moral teaching on birth control, they're not going to use contraceptives, and all of that, you see, I don't even know why they'd have Catholic prep classes if they're not being married in the Catholic church. They won't believe what those prep classes say. Um, she says, I just think they're going to decide to get married by her uncle at a wedding venue. Well, what's wrong with that? If the uncle is a Christian, or even if the uncle is a justice of the peace, I don't want those things to happen either. But you're talking about non-Catholic people. You can't force them into a religious venue as if this is uh, it's a rabbit's foot. You can't do that. They, they don't believe. They're doing their own thing. And don't put on a facade of letting them be married in the church um, or at a wedding venue. There's nothing wrong with that if it's legal. She says, can I still attend the wedding if it's not in the church? Well, you say you're not Catholic either. So the church doesn't matter in your family. Can Chris still be the best man? Can he attend the wedding? He can attend whatever whatever wedding he wants, and in this case he can, if he keeps quiet. You don't want him as a best man if he's dictating to the family and being so miserable. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to um, take uh, finish this email, beloved. I'm so sorry. There's the closing of our program. We'll pick things up um, uh, as soon as we can take calls next. God bless you. Mm-hmm. 